This is the Privacy Podcast, Show 17, When Breaches Go Unreported. I'm Aaron Titus. As a privacy advocate, I've encountered dozens of data breaches by schools, companies, doctors' offices, and other organizations over the past two years. Of the many lessons I've gleaned from these experiences, one stands out. An alarming number of breaches go unreported, regardless of reporting statutes. I've discovered several recurring reasons for this fact. First, a failure to detect. Many organizations do not have proper diagnostic processes to detect breaches when they occur, and many do not even keep proper logs. Thus, when a press release reads, quote, We have no evidence that the sensitive information was accessed, it may simply mean that they did not keep any records, and thus they literally have no evidence. Number two, underestimation. Doing a simple cost-benefit analysis, organizations often come to the logical conclusion that the PR cost of announcing a breach, especially when no proof of access exists, far outweigh any benefits. Number three, poor victim notification. A cruel irony of data breaches is that the only source of information about a breach is filtered, packaged, and presented by the organization responsible for the breach. The breaching entity's concern is to minimize perceived liability. Therefore, it is in their best interest to restrict the flow of information about the breach as far as possible. Without a complete understanding of what information was breached, victims are unable to be effective advocates for themselves. Number four, ignorance of law. Even in states where breach notification laws exist, smaller organizations often assume that the law only applies in limited circumstances to larger companies or to particularly egregious breaches. Next, uncertainty of proper action. Most intend to do the right thing, but in the event of a breach, some aren't actually sure what to do, how to make an announcement, who to notify, or what to say, and there aren't many resources to help them figure things out. Next, the value of privacy. The market does not value privacy. Ensuring privacy is expensive, but the costs of violating privacy are small. In many countries, privacy laws counteract the market's enmity towards privacy. But the United States has precious few laws to counteract anti-privacy market forces. Until the market recognizes the true cost to society for failing to protect privacy, privacy legislation is necessary. And finally, privacy turned on its head. Every once in a while, a breaching entity will attempt to sacrilegiously wrap themselves in the victim's cloak of privacy that they have just tattered. These entities might fail to report any relevant information about a breach on the false premise that they wish to protect the privacy of those affected. Of course, functionally, keeping a victim in the dark about the extent of an identity breach does not protect him. It only protects the breaching entity. And for the most part, organizations which choose not to report breaches get away with it. But even when breaches are reported, there are still problems. Even if a breach is detected and reported, full notification is functionally impossible under almost every circumstance, even among well-intentioned organizations. And if we truly want to protect privacy, then the law needs to develop new theories of liability to hold breachers accountable for their actions. And this is true for at least four reasons. First, not everyone will read the press release, but a victim who misses the announcement remains at risk for years. Second, 100% contact is functionally impossible. People move, phone numbers change, and many addresses are incomplete or not on file. Letters that do arrive at the proper address may be ignored. Multiple contact strategies should be applied over long periods of time to reasonably ensure that most victims are notified. Third, the notification message is always incomplete. You know, I've read dozens of breached press releases, and they almost write themselves. 
On X date, we discovered that some personal information was compromised. We acted immediately to make the information unavailable, and we have no evidence that anyone accessed it for inappropriate reasons. But you should get a credit report as a precaution. Well, for reason explained above, I have yet to read a single breach announcement that explains the full depth and breadth of a breach. The lack of information keeps victims in the dark about what their true risks are, and deny them the opportunity to be effective advocates for themselves. Fourth, many breach notification laws are weak. Most data breach notification laws only require an organization to say, "Oops." If the organization is feeling nice, they'll say, "Oops, sorry." And if they're feeling gratuitous, they'll say, "Oops, sorry." And here's a free report on how much damage has been done to your life. You'll still be at risk for years to come, though. So stay vigilant. Good luck. But they have no responsibility to help you clear your name when somebody purchases a car or home in your name, or if somebody commits a crime, or if an identity thief makes it impossible for you to qualify for medical insurance. Merely getting a credit report does not protect against many of these risks. Over the summer, I decided to do something about these problems. I started a website, ssnbreach.org, that documents instances of data breach and empowers victims. ssnbreach.org is an online directory of victims of personal information breach. ssnbreach.org does not contain sensitive data such as social security numbers, birthdates, addresses, and the like. And instead of storing sensitive information, we document what information was exposed in the situations surrounding the breach. This information allows the victim to further investigate, take action, or correct any harm from the exposure. I tell you, it's a labor of love, and if you'd like to help out or get more information, please shoot me an email. I'd really be happy to get some help. <laughs> really. Now, ssnbreach.org will continue to grow in the future, but as of right now, even with a quarter million entries, it only documents about 0.2 percent of the documented breaches since February 2005. So we've got a long way to go. I once told a friend that while protesting on picket lines has value, I'd much rather spend my time actually making a difference. So here's today's privacy tip: stand up for your privacy needs in your workplace, school, and the supermarket. Your actions will speak louder than any rally. And I was serious about helping out with SSMBreach.org, so you know, please send me an email. Well, I really appreciate listener feedback. Leave a note online at www.aarontitus.net/privacy. You can access this podcast at aarontitus.net/privacy or on iTunes. Music today was zero zero one dash one acoustic guitar by Plastic Soul. Online at podsafemusicnetwork.com. Sort of live and sleep deprived. I'm Aaron Titus. 